also express my welcome this morning to you. It's great to see you. You're really welcome here today. And uh, we're, we're doing a summer series where we're just preaching on, speaking on things that we feel encouraged by through our own devotions in the week. And I was reading, perhaps you'd like to turn in a Bible to Psalm 145, and I'm going to be speaking from that Psalm, verses 1 to 5. And my, um, my title and the point is Pass on the Fire. Turn to your neighbor and say, Pass on the Fire. Turn to the other neighbor and say, In a metaphorical sense. <laughs> Uh, who said put your teeth in? That was, yes. Pass on the fire. Pass on. We all pass on what we're passionate about, don't we? If you're around someone for any amount of time, somebody once said, if you don't know what someone's passionate about, they're not passionate about anything. But we all are. We all have things that are in our hearts. And it comes out of our mouths, what we speak, how we live. People are influenced by us. We influence each other massively. And what we invest our hearts in then comes out in our lives. And as Christians, the point is that if you are a Christian, then there should be such a fire for Jesus in your heart, birthed by the Holy Spirit, that anybody around you should feel your passion. They may not agree with you, but your words and your manner and your desire and your compassion, the way you live, should, they should feel your passion for Jesus. Again, they may not agree with you. They may, they may strongly disagree with you. But they should know you're passionate about Jesus. Because he's our first love, isn't he? He's meant, well, he's meant to be our first love. Seek first, says Jesus, the kingdom of God and his righteousness that means above money, above career, he says, uh, in that context. And all that, those other things will be given to you, he says. But seek first to know God. And that's what I'm talking about this morning, really, is being people who pass on the fire. And how we need to pass on the fire. How we need to pass on passion and knowledge of God to the people around us, to the unique relationships that God has put us into. And the different ways that we do that, of course. We all have different manners, different skills, different abilities. We do it in our way. It's okay. The way you do it's fine. Just pass, pass it on with love and compassion to the unique relationships. I'm going to show you a few, a few pictures from our weekend away. Would you like to see a few pictures? Yeah. Sorry, you're not all going to feature, but uh, here's a couple of, here's a couple of uh, pictures. They're going to come up, aren't they? Yes, yes they are. Hey, just pause, pause that a minute, pause that a minute. That's Adam Beckford under there. You know, he's shielding himself from the fire. And there's dear Nev there, look, trying to, trying to heat his uh, marshmallow. Let's uh, go to the next image. That was quite a fire. That was really quite something. Next image. Oh, here comes Sarah. You were like, you were like fireproof, Sarah. She, she was like nothing. It's just like nothing to me. Next one. 
Here he goes again. He's still trying. He's saying something very interesting there, something about it's not quite marshmallowy soft enough, so I'm going to have another go. Keep, keeps going, you see, he's persevering. Food, food you might have noticed is important to Nev. Hence the ice lolly notice earlier. You'd love people to bring ice lollies, wouldn't you, Nev, when they unpack the van? Great, there we are. Is there any more? Is there any more? Is that it, Albert? That's it. So you can see there, and you can see the theme, can't you? I chose some ones about the fire. And it was really hot, that fire. I mean, seriously hot. You can't, when you got close to it, it was like, from here, I mean, you could, it was like sunbathing. And you got close, and it was like really burning. That's why, you know, Adam's shielding himself. It was such a powerful fire. And I want to just make that point to you. This is the point. If there's a fire, you feel its heat. If there's a fire, you feel its heat. Are we, are we, are we like that church, those churches that are mentioned in Revelation? Are we lukewarm? Or are we hot? Are we hot? Do people feel our passion? Do people know we love Jesus? What, are the, what do you love? And you may be saying, well, I, I do want to love Jesus more. Well, that's a, that's a step in the right direction. And we're going to talk about how we can learn to love Jesus more this morning. So Psalm 145, 1 to 5. I will exalt you, my God, the King. Hear his passion, can't you? I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord. We sang it, didn't we, earlier? Great is the Lord, most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. That song of creation. Creation displays your majesty. No one. He's unfathomable, isn't he? No one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. One generation commends your works to another. That says it all. Pass on the fire. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. That's how we pass it on, right? We speak of his glory. We, we speak and we worship him. And in so doing, we're passing on to the next generation. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty and I will meditate on your wonderful works. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you. We thank you for your will that you, you want us to be passionate. You want us to enjoy our lives. And we know that our joy is greatest as we are closer to you. Come and fill our hearts, Holy Spirit, with passion for God this morning. Come and teach us. Come and help us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. The next generation.
need to catch the fire. You might, it's, it's, you know, why are we here today? Why are you a Christian today? You're a Christian because somebody passed on the knowledge of God to you. Every generation. It's like that Commonwealth Games in the, in the relay. You pass on the baton to the next generation. And it goes from generation to generation to generation to generation. That's why we're here. 2,000 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus. Witnesses have passed on that historical truth of Jesus Christ coming into the world, dying, rising, salvation through him. It's been passed on by, from witness to witness to you. May have been your parents, may have been anybody, somebody else. May have been lots of different people, tons of different people. Through school even, through clubs, through you went to a youth group, you went somewhere. Somehow it was passed on to you. And, and that's what we need to do. We need to ensure each one of us is passing on that baton. And we as a church are passing it on. Well, we're doing it really well. We want to do it really well. We want to teach the next generation. We want to help young people, not only young people, but new people to become Christians and to teach them well. When, we, when, we, when you join this church, if you should choose to do so, we do an eight-week we, we eight course on the basics of Christianity because we want you to know God well. Every week we teach on the Bible, we try to teach, teach as well as we can because we want everyone to know the fire of God in their hearts. And I could read lots of statistics about the decline of the church, couldn't I? I could speak of tons of statistics about particularly how young people in their 20s and younger are leaving the church in droves over the past century and decades. It's terrible. And why is it happening? It's happening because we're dropping the baton and we're not passing on the fire. It's because ultimately we are not on fire for Jesus. If we are on fire for Jesus, people will sense that fire and catch fire. We need to get rid of, we, we can't take responsibility for everyone, for the whole church in the world, but we can take responsibility for ourselves and this church and who we are. And I, I trust that we as a team, as a church, as a body of believers here in Putney, are passionate about being passionate for Jesus ourselves and passing this on and being really good at this. So how do we pass on the fire? How, how do we pass it on? Well, first of all, you need to come to know God in salvation. He writes, my God, I will exalt you, my God, the King. Can you say that God is your God and my King? Can you say that his ways are your ways? That you are seeking to live according to the will of Jesus? Can you say that I've come to know him? How do you come to know him? 
through faith. I believe, Lord Jesus, you died for me, for my sin, and you rose again. I want you to come into my life as my Lord and King. Have you done that? Have you, have you become a Christian? Not do you go to church, not did you grow up in a Christian home. Have you made a decision? I am following Jesus. I'm dying to my old life. The, the, it's represented in baptism. Underneath here, there is a pool. A few weeks ago, we baptized Andrea, who's now gone back to Romania. And we, you go down into the water and you come up again as an expression that I am dying to my old life. And I'm living a new life for my God and my King. Have we radically done that? Have you been, have you been transformed? Are you a new creation in Christ? That's what happens to you. When you put your faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you. You are a new creation in Christ. And that new creation in you expresses itself in how you live in a new way. And people around you will see the transformation in you. Have you become a Christian? Have you accepted, said, Jesus, my God, my King, I want to follow you. That's where it starts. We catch the fire, secondly, through praise. Through praise. Through worship. That psalm is full of it, isn't it? A psalm of worship, a psalm of praise. Every day, I will praise you. Every day, every day, every day, every day. How's it going for you? Every day. No days off. Why would you want to take a day off? Oh, the feast of Jesus. Worshiping Jesus, knowing Jesus. Every day, I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Not only every day, but it's going to be forever and ever. Eternal life in God's presence. So that would be boring. No, it won't. He is the sum. The, everything else is a shadow of the true joy. Everything else is a taste of the true joy. Every pleasure is a taster and a starter, very mediocre starter, of the true joy. Every relationship, good relationship that is, is a shadow of the greatest one. Even the greatest marriages are just a reflection of the relationship between Christ and his church. Every friendship, every good food, every good smell, every great music, every expression of joy in this world is a shadow and taste of the greatest joy, which is God. Every day, forever and ever. You can, you can experience him in part and in measure now. It's a shadow. It's as in a reflection, as in a mirror. It talks about, doesn't it? We taste of that future glory, but we are going to forever and ever and ever. Praise him. Great is the Lord, most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. He uses all these synonyms, exalt, praise, extol. He keeps using these different words to say the same thing, that I'm going to worship and express my praise to God. He exhorts us to praise the Lord. And that's what this psalm is about, isn't it? Exhorting us, exhorting the church to praise him. That's what good worship songs do, don't they? They, they? they exhort us to worship. They bring us to worship the true and living God. 
May others see in us what we want them to become. If we want our young people to become worshippers, then you and I have to be worshippers. If we want our children to become worshippers, you and I have to be worshippers. Parents, you have to be worshippers. If we want new people coming into the church to be passionate about worship, we should set an example for passionate worship. Now, we've got different personalities. I appreciate that. We're not all the same. But let's keep pushing that envelope of praise. Let's keep pushing out. Let's keep pushing our pride aside. Let's keep worshipping him. Let's clapping our hands. Let's keep dancing. Let's keep praising. Let's keep shouting aloud. It's all, it's all biblical, isn't it? Let's keep breaking through, keep breaking through, keep breaking through in our worship, personally at home as well, not just here in the church. But we need to set an example of what we want others to be. If we're not it, if we're not authentically it, we, we want to be that fire that people feel. That, that fire at the weekend away, you got close to it, you felt the heat. May that be true of the church, may that be true of you. So how do you catch this fire? You catch the fire through worship. It's, a, it's the, like we talked about the weekend away. As you worship, you become more in love with the thing you worship, whatever that is. And it's true of God. The more you worship, the more you worship. And the more you worship, and the more you worship. And then you'll find yourself waking up in the night with a song of praise in your heart. And you'll go, wow, I just can't sleep because I'm passionate. And God's filling me. I feel so in love with God. And this love is growing and growing and growing. I love that. Well, I don't love it. It's all right. It comes to mind. My first love is a blazing fire. I love the sentiment. My first love is a blazing fire. Remember that song? I feel his powerful love in me. He has kindled a flame of passion. And I will let it grow in me. Let it grow in us, guys. Let it grow in you through worship. So you've got to be saved. You've got to become a Christian. You've got to become a new creation. And then you've got to catch the fire through praise and worship as we're being set an example in this psalm. Every day. Make it a practice. Every day to worship. Choose good songs. Memorize some good songs. Let's sing some good songs personally. What are your favorite songs? Pull them out. It's never been easier, has it, to get hold of great songs. I mean, that's one of the benefits of the information age. You can get wonderful songs. And you can get the words. You can find the lyrics easily. You can, if you play an instrument, you can find the chords. You can learn an instrument. Why not learn an instrument if you're so inclined? But, pray, but praise every day. He says, meditate. I will meditate on his wonderful works. Well, if you're going to praise, you've got to meditate on his wonderful works. And you do that by reading scripture and meditating and reflecting on what it says. You read what it says. And you say, Lord, thank you for this great image we're seeing here. Thank you for your creation. Thank you for whatever it's talking about. You parted the sea. Oh, Lord, I praise you for parting the sea. You're a God who's over the elements you're a God who sets people free. This is an image of myself, you know, etc., etc. Meditate on his wonderful works. Isaiah challenges us. Do you not know? Have you not heard? 
the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. His understanding no one can fathom. And the problem is sometimes when we ask the question, do you not know, have you not heard, we answer, yeah, I haven't known and I, don't, I haven't heard because we're not getting into God's word as we need to. We need fuel for the fire. That fire that we saw had pallets that they'd collected. They go to a local industrial estate and they collect the pallets there. They bring it back to Otford Manor, the um, Oak, Oak uh, Hall um, base, and they make their, they've got the fuel there for the fire. Stacked, loads of it, loads of fuel for the fire. They purposely go out and collect it. And if we want to have worship in our own hearts, you've got to get the fuel for the fire. Do you not know? Have you not heard? We've got, to, we've got to know. We've got to hear. How do we know? How do we hear? By reading God's word. By being together with the church as well. By being together. This morning, for example, I hope you've known. I hope you've heard. Indescribable and containable. You've sang that song. You know, we're being stirred by fuel. So get the fire. Finally, pass on the fire. Tell the next generation. You've got to be a Christian. You've got to get fire through praise. But then you've got to actually pass it on. Not a private religion. We, we pass on what we know to the next generation. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. And I hope we, we can also tell of acts not only from the Bible, but also from our own lives. Of how God has provided how God has healed, how God has worked, how God has helped you. We've got, I hope we, we've got testimonies of God working in our lives that we can bring and comfort and encourage others with as well. May we be a generation that passes it on. Here's a couple more texts about that. Posterity will serve him. This is Psalm 22. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn. He has done it. This is a prophecy, isn't it? He has done it. He's going to do it. The God who is the Alpha and the Omega, the one who now stands at the end of history, looks back and says, I've done it. I'm at the end of the race. I'm in eternity. God is here and he's there. And he's throughout the whole thing because he's infinite. But he's at the end of the race, and he says, I've done it. See, that behind me, I see the, the relay race of the church, and, and they passed, passed it on, they passed it on, they passed it on, because I have done it. The sovereignty and the grace of God has done it. But brothers and sisters, the paradox and truth is, you've got to do it. But trusting in the power of God, that he will fulfill it. That's what prophecy does. Prophecy promises something that we then need to inherit, not just be passive about. If he has done it, we do it, because that's how he does it. So, another verse. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. That's passing on, commending the works of God to the next generation, specifically in the family. 
Now, you may, you know, there's various types of families. I appreciate that. But as a parent, you need to pass on the works of God to the next generation. Carefully, thoughtfully, prayerfully, but we've got, we've got to do it. And it's in the family this principally happens with children, doesn't it? it doesn't, coming to church is a wonderful um, reinforcement to what's already being taught at home. We want to start a fire, don't we, with our young people and those who are new to faith. Now, starting a fire, we're talking about passing on to the next generation here, starting a fire starts, there's a process to it, and it starts with kindling. Actually, it starts with a match, which is like kindling, really, because it's a tiny little piece of wood, isn't it? Because a tiny, dry piece of wood burns really easy. And then you put on slightly larger pieces of wood, like little sticks, and they burn. And then you put on bigger pieces of wood, and they burn. And then larger and larger and larger pieces of wood, until you've got these massive great big logs throwing them on, massive fire, because the fire can take the massive chunks of wood. And it's like with children, babies, isn't it? You start with milk, you move on to mushed food, and then a more solid food, until in the end they're making great big quarter pounders and, and eating them. They come in meat and vegetarian, I hasten to add. But you, you, get the, you get the idea. You've got increasing complexity and ability, and you're, you're helping the person in front of you according to their ability and where they're at and according to the language they'll understand. So if you're talking to children, we're keeping it relatively short, aren't we? We're keeping it simple. We're trying to keep it fun as well. We're trying to... And if we're talking to new Christians or non-believers, we're talking to trying to use the language. If we're talking to someone who's a a theological scholar like Johnny here in the church, when I go for a walk with him, it's always like, really, I'm just holding on, Johnny. I can hardly understand what you're saying. And I go, yes, yes, Johnny, yes, I understand, I understand. Um, But, you know, according to the ability of the person in front of you, and this is how we pass it on. According to the ability of the person in front of you, we're being wise. It says here, celebrating your goodness joyfully with singing in our psalm. Another way of teaching yourself and teaching those around you is through using good music. And it's great, isn't it, in our children's work, in our youth work, as they go to New Day, they'll be exposed to good music. And good music is the gift of God to teach us. And music can also be used to lead us astray because it moves the heart, it moves the mind, it moves our emotions, can create violence in us, can create stupidity in us, but it can also create a great passion for God in us. That's why we've got to choose good songs. Listen to good songs. Listen to good music. May our hearts be moved by that. In the Old Testament, we we see that they often had many, Israel this is, they had many feasts and celebrations through the year. So, for example, they had the weekly Sabbath. Every week, 
the Jews would stop work on a Saturday and would do no work and would use this for a time of teaching and for gathering with, with, with um, others to worship God. Set aside a whole day. So just imagine what that communicates to the next generation. Traditions are good things when they're done well, right? Traditions are good things if we teach the meaning of them. And the Sabbath means lots of things. I'm not going to go into details of all these things. There's three times a year Israel will go up to uh, Jerusalem, to the temple. Just imagine that. What's, what's that teaching the next generation as you're prepared to make that journey to Jerusalem? The opportunities. You know, you're on your phone. You know, you're at talking to each other. Older, teaching the younger wisdom and truth. Rich times. That's why these weekends away are so good, aren't they? Because you've got extended time to be together. That's why New Day is good, because you've got a time together, and the leaders and the youth will be together, and the wisdom that's being passed on through just example as well as words. The Passover, great example, isn't it? A great feast where they'd remember together, and they would explain. It says, this is, for example, in Exodus 12, it says this, When you enter the land that the Lord will give you, as you, he promised, observe this ceremony, that's of the Passover. When your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean? And remember, at the last supper before Jesus died, that was the Passover meal. Then tell them, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord, who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt, spared our homes, and brought us out of slavery. You explain what you're doing to the next generation because you're doing things that make them ask questions of you. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of First Fruits, uh, the Feast of Weeks or the Feast of Harvest called Pentecost in the New Testament, the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement. I love this one. The Feast of Booths or Tabernacles. And it says in uh, Leviticus, live in temporary shelters, like tents, basically. So this is basically, go to a, a Bible week. Um, live in temporary shelters so your descendants will know that I had the Israelites live in temporary shelters when I brought them out of Egypt. So you see, these are all object lessons, doing things that teach the next generation. And that's the reason why you go around the world now, and the Jewish religion, Jews, are strong throughout the whole world. And why is that? Why have they persisted so much? I could say lots of things about it, but one of the reasons is because they pass on their traditions to the next generation, and they're careful to do so. How much more, Christians, brothers and sisters, should we be careful and thoughtful about passing on the truth of the living God? by which people can praise him forever and ever and ever. And without knowledge of him, they will be separated from him forever and ever and ever. How much more should we be passionate about this and careful to pass on this knowledge and have it in our own hearts as well? Now, what are we to do as New Testament saints? Now, we don't have the feast of tabernacles and so on. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a go at it might be a great thing to do with your children. 
might be a good thing to do. Try any of these things as, a, as an example, an opportunity to teach, right? You could do any of these things. What we are meant to do, firstly, is communion, breaking bread. Jesus took the Passover meal and said, now this is a remembrance of me. Take the cup, take the wine, this is my blood. Take the, take the uh, bread, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So friends, with your friends, take communion. Friends, as a church, let's take communion. When we do it, let's do it carefully. And we, are, we do do it. Maybe we should do it more often. It's something I'm definitely thinking about. In your community groups, why not every time? Why not always break bread? Why not? It remembers the gospel. In families, we should definitely be doing it, shouldn't we? Weekly meetings, finally. Now, we don't have a Christian Sabbath. We have, though, the remembrance of Jesus' death and resurrection and the the tradition that was set for us in the New Testament was that they met on the first day of the week, not the Saturday, but on the Sunday, because that's when Jesus rose from the dead. And the teaching of the New Testament isn't that it's a Sabbath in a legalistic fashion, but we are, I believe, meant to be devoted to meeting together at least weekly. Devoted to it. It says here in Hebrews 10, perhaps the band would like to come up and we're going to focus on Jesus again. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Or we could say, let us consider how we can be filled with the fire of God and how we can pass on that fire of God. Let us consider how we can do that. We've been considering that this morning, haven't we? Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. We're to meet together, devoted to meeting together. Now, with children and young people, we show them that it's important to meet with the church by being devoted to it, by treating it lightly like it's not important. We don't show them that the faith is important. We show them that it's, yeah, easy come, easy go. We show young people and others that meeting with people is important by meeting with people. Now, you, can't, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. But I can tell you this, if you take a horse to water... It might just drink. If you take a horse away from water, it's never going to drink. Brothers and sisters, when we meet together here, as Nev encouraged us at the beginning, Jesus is present to meet us and to fan into flame that fire as we meet together. So let's stand together now. We're going to worship. So let me encourage you What's the place of worship in your life every day? Make it a everyday thing and forever thing. Every day. Throw the fuel on the fire of your heart through worship. And who are the people in your life? Many of you are not parents. You've got different relationships. Who are the people 
that you're going to commend him to. May, may you use those relationships wisely. May we pass on the fire. And you will do it only if you have a fire in your own heart. And you do that through worship. Let's do that now.